conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page.
Good morning. Hello Good morning. from Mexico. I know. I'm in the sunshine, getting all, you know, maybe having a margarita or two. You got a certain glow about you this morning. Ah, just a, yeah. It's, a, it's, the, it's the warm <laughs> weather. What can I say? You know? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Next episode, I'll probably do from the pool, but this one we're going to do in the AC, you know, just to not show off too much. But how's the week been? Everybody good? Safe? Sound? We, we understand. Well, you got to get a little tan before you take the shirt off. Got it. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I don't want to blind you guys with uh, the. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that would get yeah. Bad. This weekend was good. I uh, I went to Auburn basketball game. We won the SEC regular season championship. A uh, lot of fun. We've got probably the number one prospect in the NBA draft next year. So heck yeah, it's good. Good times. Well, sweet Ross, all is good. Uh, yeah, given, a bit chilling here. Seconds. Yeah, no big chill in here. You just well, you can see it pretty when you go to a shopping center or whatever. When you go in, you see a lot of Ukrainian people. Of course, I think it is like a close to a million people across the border. So of course, but yeah, you can see a lot of people helping here. We had a pretty chill weekend. So good. Well, I'm excited this uh, this week for all our listeners live and uh, post live. Uh, we're kind of covering everything in between, as the title says. Uh, from we're going to talk a little bit about branding. Uh, Ukraine and everything else in between. So there's going to be lots of random. Will, what's the word? Poopery. 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 I honestly uh, like potpourri, but I don't know. Maybe my pronunciation is name. I think. No, I'm just potpourri. so used to seeing. I'm just oh. used to seeing the pop the poopery uh, things in the bathroom. You know, <laughs> the, the, those are so. <laughs> yeah, we're we're real mature on this podcast, guys. Um, just kidding, but no, it's going to be. Yeah, give me a dictionary. Uh, I'll, I, I need a Spanish diction, dictionary now because my English does nothing here. So that's always fun. But uh, very excited. We're going to cover a lot of stuff. So I think, you know, in the good old fashion, we're going to do, I'm going to do Startup of the Week first, uh, send it over to Ross. And then from Startup of the Week, we'll get, get some grandma. So if you guys are ready to rock and roll, let's do it. Yeah, this week it's a company founded by a Dutch guy. His name is Ralf Meles. I spoke off in the past actually with Ralf. I think regarding the connectivity we did also with Bidroom and, and Derbysoft and later I think with Marriott with discussions. So he was working there, but he started his own business um, with a few others, ExploreTech. ExploreTech is actually a platform where you can search, find new vendors, new PMSs, general managers, everything you're looking for as a new, uh, as a new partner. So uh, have a look. The website is exploretech.io. So I wish uh, Ralph good luck with this new venture. I think they started uh, a few weeks ago only. But if you're looking for a new vendor, have a look at exploretech.io. And good luck. So with the war continuing on in Ukraine, people are, are looking to help uh, in any and every way that they can. And if you haven't heard by now, which I'm sure most of you have, a really cool way of doing it is booking stays through Airbnb to local hosts in various Ukrainian cities. Uh, Airbnb 
said they're waiving the the booking fee, so 100% of the money goes to that host, and it's a way to quickly get money and and support in the hands of people still on the ground over there. So, thought that was really cool. To date, uh, AirDNA put out some stats: more than two million dollars in revenue in just the past two days ha- has poured into Ukraine, uh, and it looks like across 60,000 hosts. So that's fantastic. Um, Kudos to folks figuring out ways to get money directly in the hands of those that need it in in this time. And hopefully that money can be used for for good, for food, for protection, et cetera. But I thought that was really cool. And uh, we'll continue to to look at ways to help uh, those people in Ukraine. No, I love the the initiative. Right? I saw Roland Seller, friend of mine, actually. I don't know if he is, is the, founder, the the starter of this initiative, but I saw it some days ago where he started with this, and more people start doing this. So I don't know if he's is the one who initiated, but maybe multiple people. But I think the initiative is super cool. Right? It's a really innovative and disruptive way of actually just still send them money. Yeah. Um, I think Airbnb waived all the fees, right, and the commissions there, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. So the biggest the biggest thing that. to watch out for is make sure that they're not property management companies that are located somewhere else. Like make sure these are real hosts that are on the ground. Um, you know, that can actually yeah. provide some, some extra stuff outside of the lodging. I think that's the biggest thing, but at, at the end of the day, it's and really make the note, right. What people are saying, just make them know that you actually don't stay there. Right. That's mm-hmm. I think also important because yeah. otherwise, uh, well, I guess it's obvious, but it could still, be assumed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, just I heard so some people even they were preparing the room because they really thought somebody's staying right. So mm-hmm. just make sure you make a note instead of the people really think and hoping that you arrive there, even though most likely is not another chance. So, but do they? I don't know. Do they all have still access to their bank accounts, or they are still because that might be some some limitations there as it probably hits their their account. So, well, as I long as they're not Russian, I think they should have access to their bank. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. They'll have forever. If it's a Russian living in Ukraine, it might be a different story. Yeah. Yeah. The Russians uh, have not much access anymore to anything. So you don't see probably Russians anymore with iPhones, with with (laughs) Visa, MasterCard, or whatever. So, uh, so, Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like the the big importance of it. And we're going to talk a little bit about this here in a second. But it's more like the community. What does the community stand for? Just like brands, what do brands stand for? What are the expectations and standards? And uh, it's really cool to kind of see that tie in together. Um, and and just, yeah, more or less just to kind of kind of tie in everything that we're talking about. Um, standardization in that in that sense of the, the community that gives back. We're hospitality. We're an industry that has no specific border, say, to, you know, to, to say or um, to say the actually- least. When we talk about the brands, I don't see actually brands send any messages about because, of course, you look at the Marriott's, they have hotels in Russia and different places, right? So I didn't see anything from, from that part yet. I don't know if you saw something there. Like we removed all the hotels from Russia, for example. And I think uh, booking, every, everybody did, uh, did, did the same. We did it actually pretty quick already. I think even uh, last week, Friday already. So we took a pretty quick action. But I don't know what the if the the brands and then we go into more positive things but if the brands already took some actions there in in yeah it I mean, it's a good question. Right? But, yeah. they're they're all franchised though yeah. so it's it makes it a lot more difficult if they don't yeah. own it and so i mean not that there's going to be a whole lot of stays in in russian hotels right now either 
Um, I can't imagine businesses booming for, for them. Um, but that's a good point. I mean, I, a lot of brands aren't allowed in, in Russia to begin with, but I saw Mm -hmm. today like McDonald's, uh, is, was kind of the marquee of Western culture after the the fall of the Soviet union. The first one had a line of 30,000 people wanting to, to get a hamburger when it opened in like 91 or something. Uh, but McDonald's hasn't done anything yet to, to close it off. So I think 9% of their revenue comes from Russia. Wow. So, well, it's, uh, it, it's kind of like, and granted, we're not, I think we all know the war isn't against, it's not talking bad about Russians. It's more one person, right? It's all one person that's acting on this. Um, and so it's sad that a whole, you know, nation has to but is it clo- it's closing mcdonald's a punishment i'm not sure i think yeah. oh, keep mcdonald's open is more punishment i guess yeah. for so i'm not sure well, this it's, is a- it's a good example of like from in the military if one person's mess one person messes up everyone gets punished for it that's how i see it is one person's messing up and now everyone has to kind of pay that price and it's, yeah. it's unfortunate but you know at the end of the day it's what's needed so let's make sure that this one guy will uh yeah. not be in his place anymore well on to so on to branding. I want to ask you guys some some particular questions because both of you, even even including myself, but more or less, I want to kind of be the podcaster here for a second. And you guys are both part of companies that have built a brand, Bidroom, Noiseware. Um, you're you're familiar with all the brands like we all talk about on the show, Delta, Marriott. We're big loyalists. So going into branding, and I guess maybe even the expectations now. What are some of the big shifts that you guys are seeing um, as either consumers or producers of, of this service uh, in, in different facets or, you know, whatever? Uh, what are the shifts maybe you're seeing in the expectations now that you know, customers or guests or whatever you want to call them are kind of shifting towards? So I'll, I'll go first, Ross. Uh, and before we get to the guest side of it or expectation side of it, for Noiseware early days, brand, the brand was the people. Right. It's the relationships, it's the knowledge, it's the expertise, but it's all, it's the people. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you're an early stage company, you are the brand, the, the employees are the brand. Um, as you grow, right. I don't know anybody that works at Delta. I'm still loyal to the brand. Right. So there's a shift at some point from an early stage company to a big boy company that, it is no longer about the people, but it can still be about the culture of the company Mm -hmm. and the the early people are the foundation for that culture. So I think that bleeds through in companies like Airbnb uh, still today, while it might not be a one-to-one relationship with any employee because they've had so much turnover and people shift jobs so frequently over there. Um, But it, it is about the culture and the, the foundation that was laid by the early staff. And then in terms of expectations, uh, you know, it, that's where I think brands can specialize and become like where, where being in niches is, is important. Uh, if I'm looking for a unique stay in South Beach, I'm not going to book a Marriott. As much as I love Marriott, if I'm looking for a new experience, I'm going to stay at a boutique hotel. Yeah. And so 
finding a boutique brand that I've heard of, or I like, or I know of, um, that's more of what I'm going to look for. So can I ask, do you guys go off of reviews or do you go off of word of mouth more or less if you're traveling in that type of scenario? Like, are you going off of what your friends and family said or more or less like, yeah. When I'm looking for a boutique hotel, I look for a few different things like cool design. I love rooftop bars. Um, I like, I like a little coffee, you know, shop inside the hotel convenience ease you know if i'm traveling for with a colleague i probably get up earlier than they do uh i'm an early morning person so i want to be able to go downstairs and have a coffee and you know pull out the computer whatever um and i mean the a rooftop cocktail at happy hour or to end the night like it's a lot of times these these hotels especially the boutiques have some fantastic bars and, mm-hmm. and people from the city go to them and hang out. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's more of what I look for less. Maybe it's word of mouth. Maybe it's not, but uh, I'm typically trying to seek those types of properties out. Cool. How about you, Ross? What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the, I think regarding the brand, I think it starts with the brand and that's also what we did. If you see how Bitroom started uh, six, seven years ago, almost, it started only with the brand and like being visible. So we, we had a story. The story is, of course, is how the things look like, of course, the founder's story, the journey, the, the story behind why the reason. So the first, I would say, first three years, maybe, yeah, I would say three years, we were just a branding company, just be visible, 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 because then you get attention in the industry. People start recognizing you. And then do you think you're shifting actually maybe into more a sales and marketing company? And actually we're just, I would say core tech company. So things are changing, but I think if we start directly being a tech company, we will not have as many hotels on board as now. We will not have a brand awareness as we have now. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, start often with the brand. Then you can really get the feedback, what you have to do, what you have to build, what is the feedback around the brand. Then you can still make some changes, right? You can still maybe change a few things around the, the tone of voice. Uh, is it fitting indeed with your, with your audience? Because if you're starting further, then you have your audience because of the tech you have built and you have a big audience. And then you want to go into more branding because you want to keep them or reducing churn. You can't change your branding anymore. So yeah. I would just say, indeed, focus. If you're an early stage company, focus a lot on the branding. Um, I think branding gives you also trust. I think it's really important. Things look good. Of course, people feel trust uh, trust there as well. So it's, I think it's a strong combination. And I think the story is really important. So the story around the brand, what is the why? Why are you starting the company? Why are you actually doing this? And I think it's coming together. And then actually you see that things are start moving. So yeah. I think that's also what, what we saw. And be clear, and then it's your turn, then Michael. Then we, what we did in the beginning, really did the storytelling around what we want to do as a brand, as a company. And then you get, actually, even though we didn't, didn't deliver many bookings in the, in the years before, actually, we still get the like large chains on board, like the IEGs and the wind temps, because they actually believed in actually our story and the things we we want to develop with our brand. And um, so it is pretty important to develop this brand and then this awareness and trust. Trust, trust, and scale. Um, <clears throat> I'm still kind of shocked, and, and you see it with the franchise companies and short terminals, the iTrips and the Skyruns. But I'm shocked there's not. Uh, somebody going around and kind of building a, a short-term rental brand uh, that's that's still independently operated by local folks, right? Mm-hmm. 
because you get benefits. You get benefits from technology. You get discounts the more volume you have, obviously, which then could drive down costs for everyone and more profit. Yeah. You get more eyeballs. I'm not a person that goes to the same spot every vacation, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it helps diversify your pool. I'm not going to book, if I book in Hilton Head this year, I'm probably going to book somewhere else next year. And if I had a brand that I could go to that I know has a specific set of expectations and standards, then that would be the first place I look. You know, you're not getting standards on Airbnb or booking or Verbo. Um, it, the, the consistency is hard. Yeah, uh, They can't control it. It's not branded. Um, <laughs> this is why boutique hotels, um, oftentimes you find collections or soft brands because that increases the, the number of eyeballs that can see it. It helps with tech play. Um, there's a lot of leverage that they have with the OTAs at that point, if they're representing 50,000 doors compared to 550, yeah. right? Um, so there's, there's a lot of big benefits and <clears throat> you know, just the brand itself, it's not that expensive. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. five, six percent, seven percent for just the brand. And then a lot of these companies tag on a franchise tag or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but that's that percentage. You can offset a five percent price difference and get all those benefits. Say, yeah. I just want to say, I think if you're part of a brand in general, you can ask a bit higher pricing because you have specific standards, right? So I think also people, I think the conversion probably is higher as well. If I see two hotels which are available and one I just ended the pricing is nearly the same, but one is a is a you know it's a, a chain which you know and the other one you never heard about. Most likely, I'll ch- choose for the chain, even though you think they're pretty similar, same rating. You probably still choose the chain. It must be good because they're part of something. So, of course, it doesn't always have to be, but it still is the is the impression what you have. And I think as well, what you said, if you have a good experience in one of the hotels, which is part of a chain, next time it's like, hey, I see. Last, last time I had a good experience in Merit. I will take another Merit because last time it was good. So yep, you have yep. a different way of selecting your 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 next day. So I think that's also the repeating buying. Um, or a booking has a huge impact there. And if there's no brand or there's no visibility, you have to start all over. So some probably the person or the, the guest probably do much longer research on your property and that's much more, that has to be convinced more than we just see the the, the, the the brand next to it. And I do believe, I'm a strong believer as well in just say soft brands, which is a specific on a, on a specific niche or a specific kind of, uh, because you have a lot of brands, I would say, if you're looking for some of the best restaurants, you see a lot of different kind of accommodations from, from, yeah. uh, from business hotels to boutique to, to actually everything. There might be some value, but I think the strongest value, if you're specializing in specific, like, like a specific niche, but if it could be boutique hotels or a specific kind of modern business hotel, design hotels or castle hotels, or even though it was specific niche, um, I think it's pretty strong. And you have a, you have the same similar audience all the time. So I think you can yeah. target it much stronger as well. You, you don't go looking for a castle hotel and end up at a convention hotel mm-hmm. and vice versa, Correct. right? You're, you, when you're booking, you typically know more or less what you're looking for. And to find the big convention hotel in London, there's probably 50 of them, mm-hmm. right? To find a, a castle an hour outside of London, 
there's probably 50 of them. They're just not easy to find. Yeah. So finding, uh, being able to brand with probably what's not even your competitors, it's more of a collective than anything um, where everybody wins. So yeah, I'm with you, Ross. Like I, I would prefer to stay with a soft brand or a collection than a true fiercely independent loan standing property because there is that trust and you know there's there's some bar of expectations and consistency required well can i Um, oh go ahead go ahead will i was gonna ask you guys two questions because you both kind of tapped into um niches so like is there a niche like can you get too specific that it becomes almost impossible to be found and then two for those independent brands that um you know they're they're independent boutiques that don't have a brand they're not part of a big chain they're not part of a soft brand but they are operating professionally they are mm-hmm. they are providing killer service like there are five star reviews across the board their staff is amazing the quality of the the linen is great the the food at the the, the dining hall the cocktail bar whatever it may be like it's they're killing it but how do they like you know get people like you i guess more or less to see them for that great service rather than yeah. Not a, not a brand. But it's the same with like a spa hotel, right? If you're looking for, you just want to get a guide away, you just want to be uh, two days in the spa with everything. So what people, do, they go to whatever, to an OTA, they start searching, you just have all this shit out there, right? You're just searching for, and you just want to have treatments. Then you go to an OTA, don't even see what kind of treatments you can do or what kind of massage or whatever. So then it's take you hours and hours actually to find, okay, what is the right place to go? The only thing what you want is like, I want to have a place maybe two, three hours away from here, whatever, it's fine, where I can just spend my time and just have uh, some treatments. You want to know what kind of treatments you can do. And this you can't find on the OTA. I think in that stage as well, as okay when you have specific standards, you have collective marketing, maybe you have even some, some benefits maybe in group buying together, for example, for products. I think you have a huge advantage. And again, you're targeting the same audience, right? Yeah. So I do believe in those kind of uh, niches, could be ecotourism, well, a good example, Costa Hotels. You have a few of them, so, okay, this is a specific kind of niche. It does make sense to say, okay, you just have a, a brand around it. Um, yeah, because if you're looking for just, a spa yeah. hotel, you're not going to stay in a hotel that doesn't have a spa, right? Like, no, just, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> normally not, no. And, and the filters on the OTAs aren't great. Um so at that point, are you, are you selecting spa for your uh, spa facilities and getting up to have one sauna somewhere in the uh, the gym area, right? So yeah, just, yeah. So but, at that point, <laughs> what, what's happening is you're going to Google and you're searching spa hotel outside of you know Paris, and there might be a ton that show up, but none of them are kind of there's there's no trust or or brand mm-hmm. or loyalty built around it, and Ultimately, there, there's no reason why they wouldn't come together, the spa hotels. Like, why yeah. why not? Uh, the best ones, right? And, and a lot of them probably aren't any good and you don't want to touch them. And that's what you're looking for the brand to do is to, to curate the better properties for you yeah. and, and not show. And, and that's something the big brands that are all purely profit-driven don't do a good job of. There's a lot of properties that Holiday Inn shouldn't have their flag on or that Best Western shouldn't have their flag on. Yeah. I wouldn't touch them. Well, uh, Best Western, there's other... let's be honest, they're not, the, they're not like a, a popular <laughs> brand in general for quality. But uh, 
yeah. I've stayed in plenty of holiday inns that are really nice. Yeah. Like right. you're, it's, it's not a five star, but it's very clean. It's updated. It's modern. Mm-hmm. But then I've stayed in some that like, you know, my jaw drops and the, the bedspread looks 20 years old. Um, so sometimes big brands are, are more profit driven than experience or, yeah. or, um, you know, quality driven. And again, you know, one of the brands that I love, uh, is called design hotels. Yeah. It's super, super cool. Right. And they don't, they're not going to let just anybody in there. You have yeah. to be standard. Yep. super <laughs> cool design, unique. It's going to uh, emote some sort of feelings from the travelers. Yeah. Um, and those are really cool that, uh, that, travelers are, are going to look for and, and seek, you know, the, the world yeah. of staying as much as I love Marriott, the world of staying in the same box in 40 different countries. It's not really an experience I'm looking for anymore. There might yeah. be a night like before my travel home that I just, I want to know exactly what I'm getting. I'll stay at the Marriott at, yeah. at Heathrow. Right. I know it, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and that's that. But like, if I'm spending a week in Edinburgh or Dublin, like I'm yeah. not, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in a, a trendy boutique hotel for sure or an airbnb well, yeah well it's like what what is <laughs> will i was gonna say it's just more or less like at the end of the day like we do want that connection whether you're a provider of accommodation or if you're a user of accommodation we want that connection in the sense of the place we're staying the location or better word destination and then of course you know I think we're all guilty of it, whether you're on social media or not. Like we still like to take a couple pictures for friends and family, either for social media or even just for future in-person use. We'd be like, oh, I stay at this. Cool Are you place. a Gen Z, Will? I'm not Gen Z. I'm millennial. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all in all, more or less just to have that kind of that usage, I guess, if that makes sense. But that's it has to be Instagrammable. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, what, what you, you you, you started actually with this with the team and the culture. And I think it's also really yeah. important. You don't see it a lot actually in the hospitality so far. But if you're looking, of course, everybody knows Elon Musk is Tesla, right? That's basic. So you, just, you have this, uh, like the connection between the person. Of course, everybody knows Steve Jobs was the founder of Apple. You can continue like this. You don't see it a lot actually in the hospitality. Um, of course, we know who's the CEO of, uh, of Booking, but it's not like a... He's not dedicated. He came later, so it's not like you have this this direct. Okay, Calfer maybe is a different story because he found it and is there on, on this is twenty years on the same place. Of course, he's everybody knows. Well, in the industry, Calfer is the CEO of uh, of Trip, but you don't see with many new brands. They're just they're really like a face connected to it. Maybe like Best Western in the UK, uh, Rob was pretty visible there always as a CEO and on, on TV or like really visible as a face as CEO of Best Western in the UK. But you don't see it in many other hotels so far. Of course, we saw a few of them. There's okay. We are actually, we're a phase of the company. This is I'm sometimes missing a bit in the hospitality space when you say, okay, there's a new brand or there's a brand and there's a strong phase actually being visible as a, as being the CEO or leadership team. So maybe it's also, it's connected that there's not much founders actually, if you look at the big chains, right? Because even you see that. Uh, well, some of them have been around for too long. <laughs> that's probably the case. So, and there's not a, and the, the new leader isn't too visible. I think with the disruptors, yeah, they're more visible as a, yeah. uh, as a founder. But this will be, I think, strong if you see some new brands appearing that actually they were starting this kind of startup approach, right? Is it okay? The, the, 
the founders have a story, why they started this, why this, I started also my conversation with this why part. I think it's important as well if you're starting a new brand to be really visible there as a, uh, as a team and as a founding team. And that maybe is a bit the case of, of, of some uh, traditional, just say, uh, brands. They're just they're there too long, right? They're just not yeah. always innovating and you just don't, you don't see your face if you're looking at the brand. Yeah, well, yeah, I, we kind of seen the same thing, uh, like creating hospitality FM, you know, you're taking, you're bundling a bunch of independent brands into yeah. one, um, giving them the perks, of course, to keep that brand standard of their own show and quality and content. But like, yeah. I think we're, you know, realizing that, you know, there are, there are days where, you know, uh, for us, at least particularly, it's like, we don't need to post on social media. We don't need to con- constantly be doing, but at the end of the day, we do need to kind of show that face and get that content out there because it's the only way the brand really does take off and get that awareness. So I think, you know, for the hoteliers and vacation rental people, um, and I can honestly say that we're guilty of this at recreation is not posting uh, enough content in the sense of getting that brand out there. So I think there's a lot of stuff to be done in order to build that brand, but it's, it's important whether you're independent and you're, you're, you know, not riding with a big, you know, you're not a Vicasa, you're not a, uh, you know, whatever, um, you know, you just got to keep pushing. They're forward. posting every day. They're getting their yeah. brand on every day. hundred <clears throat> percent. But yeah, you're, you're, well, you've built it. Hospitality FM is exactly what hotels and short terminal operators should do. Yeah. Like don't compete. You have your own brand, you have your own processes and whatnot, but if you can come together as a cooperation everybody's going to win there. There's not, there's not ways to lose in, in that, those situations. So uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll see a lot more of the niches in the future. And you see it with these, every hotel collects brands, right? And they collect yeah. brands because they all emote different experiences or, or um, they cater to different markets. So uh if if they've been doing that for so long, it's it's certainly here to stay, and it, it will probably continue on and become more niche for sure uh, as time goes on. Agreed. Well, uh, on that note, great conversation about branding. Love it. Um, but I do want to give us one more plug for uh, Ukraine. Uh, we're doing a big fundraiser. So as you guys know, uh, we've all kind of participated in the rent, uh, rentals to rescue fund. Uh, so for all of our live and audio viewers, uh, we're, we're raising money to bring to the refugees and people on the ground. So just a quick shout out uh, for that. And then shout out to our sponsors at Operto, at Jetstream, and of course, our sub sponsors that bought our NFT, Enzo Connect. You guys are amazing. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to get that in there before we before we wrap up. Any final thoughts from you two before we uh, conclude? Well, do we have which brand is it anyway? Because this is, I think, we should have one today. We have come to. on, I'll, we have I'll, to. No, come on, we need to. I'll pull it up. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let we'll let uh, Golden take control of this one. I always want to say Michael. I'm like, we'll let Michael take control, but no one listening is going to know what one. So, yeah, we'll let Golden take control here of this. Uh, yeah. Whose brand is it, anyways? And I'll promise next week I'll be prepared with one. Yeah, uh, it's unacceptable. Come on, especially yeah, for this morning. I, I was I was having a, a late start this morning. You know, just had a. I had to get my coffee okay. and wake up and, you know, all this flying and travel is kind of. Okay. Here's lagging. one. Okay. Tempo. Tempo. Yeah. Tempo. Hilton. Tempo. 
Do you have a logo that you can share? Um, yeah, if you give me a second, I can pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess. If, if Ross says yeah. Hilton, oh, I'm going to say it's got to be one of those. It's got to be Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott. I'm going to say Hyatt. I'm just going to say Hyatt. Ross wins again. This guy knows what? his hotel brands. Damn. <laughs> all right. Good job, Ross. Couldn't get a logo fast enough. It's all good. All good. All I right. Knew. It's going to be one of those. But yeah, good I episode, guys. Do, do we have like a ranking somewhere? Because it would be, uh, I never won something <laughs> you, in my you life. Win. So maybe <laughs> you win, Michael. There, there's you so win. many things uh, I keep track with. Can we just show? make a trophy? The host said the FM guest of the week, Brent, who's been his anyway winner of 2022. Whatever. Just bring some. You could lose the know. next 10 weeks and you'll still be the winner. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Seriously. Well, awesome. Great episode, guys. And everyone who tuned in live, thank you so much. Uh, anyone who's listening to the show afterwards, uh, good morning and I guess good night. Hey, Manuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream. Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific? Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Jetstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name. Everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory. Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon.